0: Today's episode is made possible by Demandbase. Demandbase is transforming the way B2B companies go to market by enabling customers to embrace modern digital sales and marketing with a complete end-to-end suite of products. Thanks for listening. Hello everyone. Welcome back to Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Kelsey Caricato. Today, I'm super excited to talk with Dale Limes on Opportunity in Crisis. Dale has been in the advertising business for over 40 years and in the branded merchandise industry for 34 of those. Since 2004, he's been an SVP of sales for Halo Branded Solutions, the largest promotional product company globally. Dale oversees a sales force of 1,500 who specialize in helping clients stand out from the crowd, With breakthrough marketing campaigns designed to keep clients and employees loyal and increase market share in their vertical. His mission is to help bring brands to life by creating memorable experiences to a brand's intended audiences. Dale, I am really excited to talk to you. Welcome to the show, and thank you for being here.
1: Hi, Kelsey. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Wonderful. Now, what we want to do is just dive into some questions with you, and let's go ahead and start with, What makes Halo a unique organization?
1: Well, that's a good question. Halo is a unique company, but we're in a great industry. So kind of a unique industry as well. But uh, to give you a little bit of the numbers, what makes us most unique is we are in an industry that has 24,000 distributors that do similar work that we do. The difference is we're number one. We're the largest. We didn't really set out to be the largest. We set out to be the best, and we believe we're the best, too. But uh, maybe a little bit about our industry would help to start. I'm in the promotional product branded merchandise industry. It's an advertising medium that every business out there knows. Every business from a you know small dry cleaner all the way up to Fortune 100 companies all use branded merchandise. And since I've been with Halo since 2004, we've grown from roughly a $90 million company at that time to an $800 million company today. If it wasn't for COVID, we would probably have been the first billion dollar company in the branded merchandise industry already, but uh, we'll hold that off for maybe one more year. But what, what also what makes us unique is the people. We have fantastic leadership, our executive team. We're based in a small town outside of Chicago, Illinois with great people, long tenured with the company. But uh, most importantly is our sales group across the country. I think what makes their style unique in what we do, we all end up selling branded merchandise, which a lot of it is branded apparel. That's a big part of it. That's probably one third of the industry. Back in the 1990s when Friday Casual became popular, branded merchandise really came alive. So you have the soft goods that we sell there, and then you have all the hard goods. But our sales team across the country, you think they sell promotional products, branded merchandise, Mm -hmm. but really what our team does is they sell solutions. That means no matter what's going on in the face of one of the organizations that we service, our group is very intent on making sure that we uncover the problems within a company and help solve them in a way that uh, touches and feels all of the senses of their intended recipients or audiences of branded merchandise, if that makes sense.
0: It absolutely does. Working at companies that that our products are are not so tangible, software at at demand based, but still are you know incredible solutions. It is really cool to to know that you have you know a tangible product that you can really offer people in in the tech space. Really, really cool to hear. Thank you.
1: Yeah, it's one of the funnest industries you could ever imagine to be in because you think about it's almost like Christmas, three hundred sixty five days a year. Because what we're doing is coming up with tangible. Items that, you know, like I said, hit all the senses and they really send a, a, a clear message from a client, whether it's a, a nonprofit, healthcare industry, all the verticals you can imagine. We, like I said, we service small businesses up to very large businesses and uh, we're fortunate that we have a grand majority of many of the Fortune 100 companies that uh, we call customers as well. So we do a lot of great work. It does end up being branded merchandise. But the real fun part of it is it's very agency-esque in a way that uh, we're really coming in and trying to solve problems and help businesses with whatever is going on in their world today.
0: This is huge. You know, I'll just mention um, as a director of sales development, I have a team of people that have been able to to leverage branded merchandise and gifts in the past to build relationships. And I just want to say it really does make a significant difference, especially in such a virtual world where, you know, we are not meeting in person as much the way we used to, to be able to actually send something really gives that human to human experience in business and has made a huge difference for us.
1: Yeah, that's, that's great. And certainly COVID, you're right, that kind of changed the world with, you know, where people are, how they're working, and all kinds of businesses, including our industry, had to really adapt to that. Well, that's a perfect segue to my
0: next question, which is, I know we've talked about that you and your team were able to unlock opportunity during a crisis where, you know, a lot of us were just busy putting out fires. What kind of mindset is required for those situations, and, and how were you able to do that effectively?
1: Yeah, another great question. First of all, we as an executive team at Halo met, and the most important thing when you go into a crisis like this, whether it's COVID or anything else that might be unforeseen that we haven't seen yet, the most important thing is the leadership team has to anticipate the needs of what clients are going to need going forward, throw out what's happened in the past. It's like, here's the crisis we have today. Here's what's going on. How do we navigate those waters? How do we sustain, you know, business? And most importantly, how do we really help our clients more than ever before? In our case, again, because we produce product, brand product, and bring in product from overseas, you know, every day, we pivoted to PPE early in 2020. So once we, we were fortunate because once we learned that COVID was hitting, our CEO, kind of circled the wagons and got everybody in rooms to discuss where do we go with this? What are we going to do? Because obviously clients that we have, you know, throughout the years, we're not going to be in their offices. They weren't going to be having live events like trade shows and national sales meetings and things, events that bring things together where branded merchandise is used all the time. So we decided that we needed to get involved in PPE because we knew how big that was going to be. So we took an inventory position on PPE. We brought it in from China. We put it on the shelf. Most of it was not branded, but some of it was. But it was things like, you know, masks, all different kinds of masks, (laughs) gowns, sanitizer, you name it, everything that's needed, medical grade, non-medical grade, whatever it might be. And fortunately, we forecasted correctly. We got it right. And we ended up selling over $100 million of PPE over the last you know, year and a half. Now we still have some left in the warehouse. We're trying to get rid of it. But, uh, you know, it really worked well for us while it was uh, ongoing.
0: Absolutely incredible. I mean, way to be agile and pivot in, in crisis. And what an inspiring story of being willing to do so and really seeing that you can still grow your business during you know economic crisis and world crisis. Yeah, thank you. Of course. How are you able to, so you talked about meeting with the leadership team. How are you able to then sprinkle that down to, you know, the 1500, right? How do you cultivate uh, such a mindset with your teams?
1: You know, with the first month of COVID, I thought, boy, these Zoom calls are really cool. You know, it's a new way to engage with everybody. I don't have to travel like I was doing every week. This is really great. <laughs> Two months in, three months in, not so much. And I'm sure everybody felt the same way. I got so sick of Zoom calls, but they were effective. They're still going on today. We're not fully back, obviously. I mean, a lot of things still going on. But we, we engaged with our sales teams and we kind of reinvented the wheel on how to engage with clients. Again, we anticipated the needs of clients in the field. Much of it, our sales team already knew and anticipated on their own. But we brought to life our sales management teams and our sales group and we we actually had marketing involved very heavily and we put together presentation decks and marketing mm. tools that were around things like work from home kits how to stay safe you know be kind to everybody you know just fun things and also ways that their that their businesses that they worked for could reach out to them and make them feel comfortable while working from home Everybody was put in a position that they just didn't know how it was going to affect their employees. And as we know today, one of the crises that we have going on today is people coming back to work. We're experiencing that. Other businesses are experiencing that. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people that uh, were out, like many companies, we did furloughs and so forth. Uh, We're trying to bring those people back. And some of them come back to the corporate office. Some don't. It just depends on, and every business is going through that. So, but what we did to stimulate business was we had Zoom calls We figured out exactly what our clients were going to be needing. And that's one of the things we're really good at is anticipating not only today, but to the future. And fortunately, we we got it really on target with what our clients needed. I think they appreciate that because, Mm. you know, our clients were so busy with everything they had going on that they couldn't think about, well, what do we need in branded merchandise? Or what do we need? How do we need to connect with our teams? So instead of being reactive in the sales process, we became very proactive in the sales process and really became an extension of the marketing teams of our clients that we serve in a way that we could go to them and say, look to us for ideas. We're going to shoot them at you. And some you like, some you don't, but we want to be your kind of partner and agency to make things work during COVID. And it was very successful.
0: So strong, Dale. It, it makes sense to me why you were all able to be so successful all the way throughout the company. And it just sounds like, you know, being open to whatever direction the business is going to go and, and really rolling with that. I want to kind of switch gears here a little bit. But before we do, let's just touch on you said something so important about being proactive versus reactive. Was that a specific framework that you used during this time to be
1: successful? It's a mantra that we have always preached because, again, if I reflect on our industry, we have, as I mentioned, 24,000 distributors similar to us. Obviously, most of them very small, but there are so many people that sell product, you know, go into a company and say, hey, you want to buy some branded hats or how about some polo shirts? That's not what the business is about. So what we do is we engage with clients that we want to work with and we become an extension of their team. When I say we, this is what we train our sales team to do so that we can be viewed as the best unpaid employee a company could ever hire. Wow. And you know, because the only time our sales team makes money is if they're selling product to the client. But in order to do that, it's not about the product. It's about solutions that the customer needs. And in this crisis, that could mean a lot of things. There were a lot of moving parts with many businesses. I mean, we all know what happened with restaurants. We all know what happened you know, in the healthcare world where everybody was overworked. So you take all of that, both during COVID and then coming out of COVID, and we've trained our team to be very proactive and find out what's going on first and then implement a solution later. And the solution is not just the item, mm. it's the messaging it's the delivery. It's the packaging. It's everything that goes into it that really creates an experience for the recipient that they never dreamed could happen. And it spreads joy from the companies they work for, from you know other companies that are trying to market to their customers, whatever the audience might be. That's what it was all about. And our our, our sales team is great at it.
0: You know, this speaks so strongly to me because I've really seen this, that being customer centric, putting the customer first, how funny that that really does always end up being the best thing for our businesses,
1: right? I always think of it as my mother was a very successful realtor Mm. and she, you know, my father was fairly successful. He was a plumber, but you know, when she got into real estate, she had no sales experience and she was winning all of these opportunities when she would go into a home and do a listing appointment. Hmm. And this taught me indirectly, but it's so true and it ties into what we're talking about on what our team does with our clients. When she went into listing appointments, it wasn't about making money. It was about, you know this person is here to help sell my home and that's really all they care about. Yeah, they may make a dollar along the way, but I'm gonna choose this person because they genuinely have my interest at heart. And that's what we do with our clients. It's the same mentality. Hmm you know, a client or a buyer has a very good spidey sense of what's going on in the mind of a salesperson. And that's really two things. This person's trying to get in my pocket to make some money, or this person's really here to help my business. (laughs) And what we make sure of on our sales team that they're trained on and that they truly believe is that we're here to help that business. And you know what? You might make a good income along the way. But the main thing is help them solve what they're trying to achieve.
0: Yes, we show up and we serve, and then the outcome really goes our way. It's incredible to me how that the magic of service just continues, whether it's in your personal life or in business. Okay, I'm gonna make you switch the gears now, even though this is such good, such good stuff here. Is there a book or a blog, a newsletter, a website, or a video that you might recommend to our listeners?
1: Boy, there are many, but you know <laughs> there, there's a book that I read once a year. So that's a good start. And it's not a new edition book. Okay. It's something that just is so, it level sets me. I usually do it in January at the beginning of every year. And that is, you will see it when you believe it. Mm. And Dr. Wayne Dyer is the author. And it's, like I say, it's, it's one of those old kind of reads, but it's all about your mindset in sales and success in life and how to see that. And I believe in that whole theology of, you know, you're probably familiar with The Secret, where if you have the end in mind and you work towards that, it just somehow naturally happens in our universe. I truly believe in all that. And that's what this book is about as well. One of the people that I follow is Jeffrey Gittimer, Mm -hmm. who's a very good and strong sales guru. He has books, he has podcasts. You can just Google Jeffrey Gittimer, a lot of things, YouTube videos and very spot on with what we try and teach. And that is find out what a client needs and then go make it happen for them. Don't worry about the money. That's that's all gonna come. So those are two of my keys. There are others, but I would have to think on it.
0: Sounds good. What about, and this is a favor of us asking you, three people in B2B tech who lead go-to-market or ABM strategies, account-based marketing teams that you would recommend that we bring on the show? <laughs>
1: Interesting. First of all, I'm not the tech guy. I'm the sales guy. But wait, I see the works.
0: We have to ask you for referrals. This is what we do in sales.
1: (laughs) That's fine. And I'm going to give you one, but it's going to sound so odd. But yes. So my guru, when it comes to ABM and, you know, just how to use technology to not only foster new business, but also capture what you already have and make the most of it, you know, I'm a Salesforce fan, we work on Salesforce. There's a tool within Salesforce, probably one of the most sophisticated tools, technology wise for a CRM to bring it all together that can actually allow a company or a business to reach out and connect with their clients on a personal level. In other words, everything you have, all the data points you have in Salesforce, it can capture all of that And then it markets to each one of them separately based on what those data points are about everyone. So your interests, if you like deep sea fishing and all that, a lot of different things. It's called Marketing Cloud. You may know of that. And my son is a guru of Marketing Cloud. He works for a tech company out of Silicon Valley, and he's a Marketing Cloud expert. He's building it for a tech company right now. And once I learned about all of that, brought that to our marketing team so that we can look at you know, some of what that can do. And so that's in our process too. So it's going to sound crazy. and But my 35-year-old son, Jeff Limes, is my marketing tech guru on knowing tools that drive business.
0: I love that. It is your son. (laughs) We will take it. Lastly, how can people get connected with you after this recording? I'm sure you've engaged.
1: Sure. Absolutely, and you know what? One of the things that I've just enjoyed in this industry is I love sharing my tribal knowledge. Whether it's helping other competitors in our industry, whether it's companies that are interested in what are the best practices when you're looking at branded merchandise or or whatever. You know, we build websites for clients that has a portal, and all the merchandise goes into our warehouse. All of those things come up on a daily basis. And again, we serve most of the Fortune 100. My email address for anybody who wants to get in contact with me is just simply dale.limes at halo.com. Very simple. I'm happy to talk to anybody. I love business. I love the industry I'm in and always here to help.
0: Wonderful, Dale. What about LinkedIn? Are you on LinkedIn?
1: Absolutely. Great. Dale Limes on LinkedIn. Yep, absolutely. Full profile in there. Yes, use LinkedIn daily. That's how we find out so much about the people we're engaged with.
0: Wonderful. Well, I can more than say that I've really enjoyed having you on this podcast today. And we just want to say thank you again for being on the show,
1: Dale. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunnyside Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and Demand Based TV.